0: Do you travel for work or pleasure and go hunting for whiskey while you're away from home? Do you want to know how to get the rare and allocated bottles? Well, stick around for my top tips on how to find those rare bottles when you're away from home. So if you're a regular viewer of the podcast, you know that I have taught you how to form relationships with liquor stores, how to get the allocated bottles. And basically what I do is I tell you techniques to show yourself to be a person who drinks whiskey, who does not flip whiskey, who cares about the long-term profitability of the store. When you scratch their back, they'll scratch yours. That's the basic idea. And you do this by frequenting the store, being kind, striking up conversations, buying something when you're there, building a relationship and doing all that before you start asking for the allocated bottles. But how do you do this when you're traveling? I mean, you can't frequent the store well enough to, you know, create a mental marker of, hey, I know that guy, that person's a good person to sell this bottle to. It's just not going to happen. And so it got me to thinking because I've traveled before and gotten some pretty awesome bottles and I figured you could benefit from hearing how I did it. So first off, whenever you're traveling and you want to go into a new liquor store, You have to be careful about how you open up the conversation because it's very easy for the liquor store to dismiss you as somebody who doesn't care about them who only wants one thing you want to take their rare item get out of there never to be seen again so never ask for allocated bottles whenever you walk into the store never call and ask any store for allocated bottles no matter what whether they're local or not But when you walk into the store, you want to make yourself seem like someone who's not even interested in their allocated bottles because that's all that they see all day long and you want to be different. So what I would recommend you do is go in and you start asking about any unique offerings that they have, right? Ask them if there's any local whiskey producers that they recommend that they think is good and explain to them, like, I'm looking for interesting things to try. Whenever I travel, I go out and I look for things that I can't find at home ask them if they have any brands that only they carry you know for a long time a local store here goody goody was the only place that you could get old soul old souls a great whiskey um if i had found old soul by having this conversation i'd be pretty pretty excited about that and when a store takes on a brand like that they are pretty excited about finding somebody who's willing to support that relationship with them. Um, Ask about house brands. So many larger liquor stores have brands that they have no technical ownership interest in, but they get specialized pricing, usually by having a friend open up a wholesaler. And having that wholesaler form a relationship with a black box distillery that just buys somebody else's whiskey and puts it in a custom label for them. And they make a lot of money on that. Now, house brands are often a bad value um, because, you know, like in one house brand I know about, they sell it for 50 something bucks. But it's actually $17.92 that you can get the same bottle in the $30 range. And so no, that's not the greatest value, but it's a good way to show support to a store. And lastly, single barrels. A lot of liquor stores take on single barrels and they don't have the marketing capacity to sell the, the barrel out immediately. And I've been in situations before where I walk into a liquor store and they have single barrels, and they're nervous about carrying that much inventory because you know they may have dropped 10000 dollars on just one single skew, and they're wanting to get rid of it. And so, asking them about any unique offerings is a good way to show them that you are a whiskey drinker, and you're not just after one thing, and you care about that store and helping them be successful. Um, I would also recommend if, it's, if in, it's different in every state and area, ask them if you're allowed to taste it, right? If they have any sort of a tasting bar set up where you can try some of these unique items, you can strike up a conversation, show them how knowledgeable you are about whiskey, and that also shows that you're a drinker. Now, open bottles are your friend when you're traveling, okay? And what do I mean by that? An open bottle is an unflippable bottle from the perspective of the store. And so what I like to do is get out pictures of my whiskey wall or my collection, or it used to be in a closet back in the day. And when I show them my collection, I let them see how many open bottles I have, how many bottles are not all the way full up to the neck. And when they see that you have those bottles and they're open, especially if they're valuable bottles, not all of them, but if some valuable bottles are pictured, And they see that they're open, that makes them feel more comfortable that you're not a flipper, that you're a drinker, that you're somebody that, hey, if I give this bottle to them, it's going to be enjoyed the way it was intended to be enjoyed. And that's always a good look. The other thing that you can do with open bottles is you can offer to open any bottles that the store shares with you because often the decision maker is also a whiskey drinker and often the store prohibits them from buying certain things. And so... If you buy it and you open it up and let them try it, uh, offering that before they agree to sell you anything is, you know, or at least asking if I buy something and I open it, will you be able to try it with me? Another great way to show you're not a flipper and that you're a drinker and that you're a kind person that they probably would want to be, you know, do something nice for. Now, I will tell you if you fly when you are doing these hunts, you should probably bring some parafilm with you. Uh, Parafilm is kind of a wax tape um, that you can reseal the bottle before you put it into your luggage and that should prevent any leaking whenever you're flying back. Oh, well hello there, you fellow bourbon lovers, you. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Anyways, I want to invite you over to the bourbonrealtalk.com store today. After the show, go check it out. We've got new merch that's just hit the shop. We've got travel cases for your uh, wee glens and your big glens. We've got toppers for your glens as well. We've got the rocks glasses that we offer now and all the other cool merch that you're used to seeing there. So go check it out after the show and support the channel by checking out our store and picking up a couple things and getting them on your doorstep. A few days later, we can't wait for you to check out all the new merch that we've got to offer now at bourbonrealtalk.com. Now, let's talk about the different topics of conversation that you should be bringing up when you're interacting at the store with a decision maker. Uh, the first thing is you wanna let them know that you are an enthusiast, right? That you're not just a flipper, that you care about whiskey. And so I like to talk about the whiskey club that I'm involved in. Um, I like to show them pictures of bottle shares that I've been to or that I've hosted. Um, Again, they're seeing open bottles, they're seeing whiskey being drank, they like all of that stuff. Stores like the idea of, okay, I worked really hard to get this bottle. If I sell it to this person, you know, are a lot of people going to be able to try it? And when you show bottle shares and things like that, that's a good look. Um, Show pictures of club gatherings. Um... You know, anything like that's going to be useful. Um, you can talk about this podcast or other podcasts that have taught you about the store's objectives. When you start saying things to a decision maker like, yeah, I really don't envy your job. I, I, you know, I've tried to educate myself and I understand it can be quite hard for you to get your hands on some of these rare and allocated bottles and then just let them talk and interact. Right. And be curious. You might learn something um and 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 that helps also to kind of take the edge off that you're not just trying to use them you've taken the time to educate yourself about what their plight is and that's the type of thing that makes them want to help people out Um, acknowledging directly the difficulty that they've had in in getting those and and saying um do, do you when you're working with your your wholesalers do they make you like buy a bunch of stuff that that you otherwise wouldn't have bought to be able to get these bottles, you know, acknowledging those types of things. One of the things that I've done is after I've acknowledged the difficulty and whatnot and sometimes I'll even address directly that it can be a problem for them if they sell the bottle to the wrong person, that they could upset customers and, you know, maybe lose a regular customer if they if they sell the bottle locally to somebody. Um, And it pops up in a whiskey club page or, you know, somebody uh, is friends with someone else and goes, hey, where'd you get that? And they find out that they didn't get it. It can upset that customer. After I've acknowledged all that, I kind of joke with them and go, well, you know, if you sell it to me, you're not going to have to worry about that because, you know, as I mentioned, I'm going to take this home, take this back home with me. And, you know, I'm going to share it with a lot of people, but none of your locals are going to get upset. And sometimes that puts a little thought in their mind like, yeah, this selling a bottle to this person may actually solve a problem for me. I mean, getting rid of your allocated bottles has become such a problem for some liquor stores that they've started turning down their allocations because it caused more problems for them than it was worth. And they didn't want to upset those customers and and, and lose the gross margin that a good, loyal customer represents just to get access to a few hundred dollars worth of gross profit on, on allocated bottles. Um, I also like to kind of admonish the store and and say like, oh, man, I wish I, I had I wish your store was closer to where I live. I'd be able to come here all the time. Right. And find some nice things that you can say about the store. Comment about their selection. Talk about, you know, where I'm from. I, a lot of the staff, they they don't know very much about whiskey and I don't, you know, I don't get a chance to interact like this. I wish that you were closer to me. Um, state that you'll be stopping in each time your travels take you nearby. Right. Because you may not be able to come in every week, but, you know, if it's a regular travel pattern for you, you can mention that. You can say, hey, I'll, I'll be coming by anytime I'm I'm going to be in this area. And I'll try and pick something up when I come in. Um, and then another thing that I've done, and, and Rodney uh, from from Someone Say Whiskey really developed this technique, is use your local whiskey community to make yourself a good customer when you're out of town. What do I mean by that? Well, we've gone into stores before that have bottles that were, you know, considered hard to find where we were from, whether it be a single barrel selection that they had done. Because if you drink you know, whatever, Four Roses, and some store in some other state has a Four Roses single barrel, I guarantee you there's a bunch of people in your local whiskey club that would want to have that singular expression. Um, We've even been in other areas where there's a bottle that's not as rare in that area as it is local. And so I could find things that the locals would want. And so one of the things that we've done is offered to do a small bulk buy while we're there of their, you know, items that we have not buyers for, but we can pick up for our local friends um, in exchange for them, you know, giving us access to, to a bottle that's a little bit nicer. And in that way you can kind of become one of their better customers all in one transaction Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to come out of your pocket and to be honest whenever you do that type of thing for your local whiskey community it actually opens up a lot of doors locally because when you're kind to other people and you help them find things that they want usually they reciprocate you start getting samples you start getting invited to bottle shares and all kinds of stuff so there's a lot of benefits to that now i will warn you do not manipulate In all of this, you have to have a sincere heart. If you're not sincere, it's probably gonna come across as fake and it's gonna cause you more problems than it is gonna do you some good. And so try to actually have compassion on these stores and be sincere. And if you do all of these things while you're traveling and hunting, I'd say you have a 100% chance of having a great interaction. I'd say you have a pretty good chance of finding something unique, uh, whether it be local or a single barrel, that you can drink and share with others. And you have the greatest chance of actually finding that rare or allocated bottle. So if you are watching this show for the very first time, I'd like to share with you our show philosophy. We are about bringing people together around whiskey. And what I have noticed is that whiskey has the ability to connect individuals. And connection is important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide. And in the aftermath and trying to figure out exactly what happened, And wanting to do everything that I could to prevent that fate for other people, I started to notice that whiskey connects people, creates new friendships, and it's kind of designed by its nature to be shared. And it does a good job. And so this podcast is about getting you connected to whiskey and the whiskey will do the rest of the job and get you connected to others. Um, I also noticed as I got deeper in my journey in whiskey and participated more in social media, that there's a lot of people out there that will sometimes say mean or hateful things to strangers online. And I think that it's mostly because of the anonymity provided by that computer screen. And it made me realize that if somebody can hate you who doesn't even know you online, it's just as easy for me to love you, even though I don't really know you online. And that's why I end every podcast with the same sign off. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. We rollin'. They hatin'. They trollin'. trying to catch me riding Dirty. Trying to catch me rotting. Our outtakes suck this week because it's 10am in the morning and I'm not drinking.